Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Rich here, uh, super excited about today's conversation. But before we get jump into that, you know what I love about this community of church leaders is this really is a collection of churches that are making a difference, that are impacting their world. And you know one of the trickle-down impacts of that, it's kind of the thing we don't like to talk about, is our facilities can often be pressurized because we're not sure kind of what to do next. You might be out of seats or maybe your kid's area is overflowing or you, you don't have the parking you need or maybe your facility was designed for ministry 20 plus 30 years ago or maybe you're portable and you're looking at going into your first facilities. The question I have for you today is what is the facility lid that is preventing your church from living out its mission? Whatever you do, please do not call that architect in town. You know that guy around the corner who like design stuff? Don't call them. What you want to do is call the team over at Rise Point. Love these guys. They have an actual, they're actually people who've been on staff and have great church ministry experience. And now they're bringing that to bear to help churches like yours. They'll sit down, help you understand your unique ministry and find creative solutions that, that, are, that are working in other growing churches. They're helping people like you. So what I want you to do is go to risepoint.com forward slash 360. That's 360. That's risepoint with an E dot com forward slash 360 for your free. It's absolutely free. It's crazy. It's free. Facility 360 evaluation. This amazing tool will give you a better understanding of your own facility. It's amazing. Gives you insights you're probably not thinking about on how to leverage your existing square footage and to really think about options for new projects. Again, go to risepoint.com forward slash 360. That's Royce point, Royce point with an E forward slash 360. Drop by. It's a free tool. You're going to gain new insight, particularly this time of year as we think about next year and think about where your church is going. All right, well, let's join, jump in with today's article and uh, all really talking about campus pastors. Let's go. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Hey listeners, I'm Vanessa, the host of the Unseminary Podcast, where we talk about the stuff you wish they taught in seminary. I'm joined by the founder of Unseminary, Rich Birch. Hey Rich, how are you? I'm doing great. So glad to be here once again on the podcast with you uh, and excited to be talking about campus pastors. One of my favorite topics, love me some campus pa- campus pastors. So excited to be here today. You and I go to the same uh, campus. That's not mm. true. We, um, yeah, we do. Off and on. We do. I don't know why I said we didn't. I started off on not a great foot here. Um, but what would you say when over the years when you've seen, because there have been a couple campus pastors there since you've been there, what makes a great campus pastor from your perspective? Ooh, somebody that can like be very engaging with the audience, but very quickly. We talk about this at Unseminary all the time where it's trying to make connections with the audience that aren't things about the weather or what the Leafs are t- where, you know, in Canada. So we always talk about hockey. So things that the <laughs> local sports team is doing or isn't doing. And so... I find that having a passionate campus pastor that can communicate and engage the audience quickly is like, that's golden. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. Well, I think it's, this is a critically important area. You know, we know with the kind of growth of the multi-site church movement, I think that this whole area of kind of what a campus pastors do, how do they, you know, how how should they spend their time, that, that sort of thing. It literally is the kind of thing we're not talking about in seminary, partly because these roles didn't exist when anybody who teaching, who's teaching at seminary <laughs> was still in ministry. And so today we're dealing with a question that I get actually fairly re- uh, recently. In fact, just recently I had a, was in a call with a lead pastor at, uh, church and they launched their first campus, you know, this, this year, earlier in 2019. And uh, during the coaches se- session, uh, the lead pastor stopped and asked a really honest question. They said, Hey, how can I help this person gain more influence in their campus in their city if we don't let them teach? So this particular um, kind of model of multi-site 
said that, you know, they were using kind of primarily video teaching. And, and so I thought, man, that's a great conversation. And the question was like, I think as a lead pastor, they were like, well, I have felt like I've gained my influence through teaching, but if we're not going to let our campus pastors teach, how can they gain influence? And so I thought, well, that's a great article. And so pulled this out seven channels for campus pastors to gain influence with, with that isn't teaching. So that's not the kind of primary teaching uh, on the weekend at a church. So that's, that's really what we're talking about here today. Well, the first point here is don't begrudge announcement time. Okay. So I love me some announcements. If you've been tracking with the seminary for a while, I love talking about announcements. I think it's like, it's like the ugly duckling of the Sunday morning service. It's the part that nobody wants to talk about. People just want to blow over it. It's like, you know, the, the worship time is about transcendence. The teachings about transformation and people are like, uh, you know, I think they just assume that the announcement is about transaction. It's just about like, let's do kind of some piece. And I, and I just think that's such a low view of announcements. I think of announcements really are an amazing portion of your Sunday morning because they're all about moving people to action. It's about moving people com- from kind of where they are to uh, the next thing. And so I really do think that uh, campus pastors should really figure out a way to see that as a powerful part of what they're doing. Not not kind of begrudging it, not like, oh, ho-hum, I get to do this five minutes every, every Sunday morning, but actually kind of taking it with vigor. And actually later we've got a free resource we're going to give you um, around announcements specifically. But, but announcements are a huge time because – Really, what they're doing is the people who are attending, uh, you're helping them get more plugged in, and we should see it as that. And so don't begrudge me, no announcement time. I am pushing back because I don't lo- – oh, I, I really hope your wife does not listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, She's she fantastic, might. but I am not a fan of announcement time. And five minutes for somebody who has a really hard time sitting still, which is like probably why we podcast for 15 minutes. But um, I I can't engage in five minutes of things coming at sure. me. It's a lot. It is a lot. So I, so I would agree with you. I think – this is why I think we've got to think clearly about what we do on announcement time. I do think too many churches are cramming too many things into announcements. I think we're trying to be, we're, we're not being, um, we're being too transactional. We're being too like, totally. you know, here's, here's the time, do this. Th- this is the place. Here's the place. Here's how to sign up all that. I, I don't think that's actually the best use of announcements. I think it really is a pastoral care moment. If it's done well, it should be seen as like, oh my goodness, like uh, that person really wants the best for me and they're helping me take some next steps. And so, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. I think it can be done. And I think my wife does a great job if she's listening in, but I think uh, it can, we can always look to improve it. And so if your campus pastor listening in today saying, Hey, how can I gain more influence? I would say hunker down on the announcement time, make it better, work harder on the particularly moving people to action part of the conversation. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about get to know your groups and teams. All right. So intentionally connecting more people in your church to your team system. So however it is that you get people plugged into the team is a massive way for you to gain influence at your campus. We all know uh, that people grow in circles, not rows. We hear that. That's like a great Andy Stanley talk. But how do we actually do that? What, are we, what does that actually look like? And so if I was talking to a campus pastor and giving them some coaching, I would say, listen, why don't you think about and work harder on getting people into teams and groups and then ultimately doing really be seen by them um, as uh, really the kind of the pastor of this, that they are kind of the, the person who is heroing this part of what you do. All of your team leaders will love you more if you take time to make their teams more stronger, you know, better connected, more relationally plugged in. Uh, that makes their job easier. You'll gain more influence with those people. And then the people who are in the teams, when they 
uh, you know, are having a better experience or in the groups will see, um, you know, you as a leader of that, and that will help you gain more influence. I, I would suggest a kind of a practical target in this is what if you set aside some time every year to actually get out and visit every small group that's connected with your campus? Maybe it's every fall. Fall's a great time. You know, we've got a, a good time coming up here in the new year. Maybe it's in the new year. You literally get out and say, you know what, over a five, six week period, I'm going to visit every one of those groups. And actually, when you get face to face with those people, uh, that will help you gain more influence because they're like, wow, it's amazing that our campus pastor went another way to come here, find out how their experience is, maybe answer a few questions, that sort of thing. The same is true with dropping by teams. When was the last time as a campus pastor, you dropped in on the kids ministry on a Sunday morning to simply say thank you, to encourage them, to connect what they're doing to the mission. Don't get stuck in the adult room. Go and connect with some of the other teams. Uh, you know, like I say, you know, shake hands, kiss babies, uh, get in there and kind of, uh, you know, thank the people who are involved in that area. Uh, so, you know, get to know your teams and groups. Don't let that area just slide by. A cool like follow up to that too would be sending a personalized hand like a handwritten note after you visited someone on your team or after visiting a small group to encourage the leader like hey you're doing such a great job it was amazing to see you connecting with these people Absolutely. or it was so oh, totally. so fun to see you with those babies and how you care for them and um, I think that's just another way that you can take that one step further. Yeah. I love that. The idea of noticing your team leaders and, and literally just saying, I noticed you did this. Wow, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Thank you for doing that. Goes such a long way. I think there's so many people that serve in your campus today, campus pastor, who feels like who feel like no one notices. Um, unless you're the worship team, everybody else feels like, ah, no one's looking at me ever. They don't really know <laughs> if, if I was to not be here, I'm not really a part of this. Uh, but listen, uh, it's a great opportunity for you to notice and then encourage people. That's a good call for sure. Totally. All right. Talk about train your future leaders. All right, so there is an abundance of opportunity for you to develop leaders within your campus. Regardless of what your model of multi-site is, regardless of how you're set up as a campus pastor, maybe you should step forward and own the leadership pathway at your location. So instead of worrying about teaching on Sunday morning, what if you tried to identify upcoming leaders and move them into apprentice roles at your church? What if you gave the people leading those apprentices the skills they need to build new leaders? You could even just do what Dan Ryland does. I like, you know, Dan Ryland to me is like the executive pastor of executive pastors at 12 Stone. He, he talks about really the core of leadership development is getting a group of leaders, maybe 10 to 12, per, you know, new leaders. This could be next generation leaders. This could be people who are currently leading. This could be people who you want to call into a role. Get those people, gather them together, give them a book tell them to read it and then say, hey, let's get together in a month or six weeks to discuss it. It doesn't need to be anything more than that. But if you were to invest and double down as a campus leader on, or as a campus pastor on developing future leaders, again, you'll gain influence in a couple different ways. One, all of those new leaders will feel more poured into than they've ever felt poured into before. And as you're adding leaders to the leadership pipeline, so your existing team leaders will be like, I can't believe it. My campus pastor is always coming to me with new leaders, with people to help, uh, you know, get plugged into what we're doing here. Again, you'll gain more information, you know, gain more influ influence, you'll gain more opportunity to kind of lead within uh, the church. Taking time to build a leadership pipeline through consistent training will gain you incredible influence, not only in the short term, but over the long run, as I, I you look through your campus and be like, man, I have touched so many different areas and seen so many people get plugged in. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about meeting one-on-one -on -one throughout the year. I think this is really big. Yeah, so the reason why most churches use video as a primary teaching tool is because it really does add this efficiency to the system. Now, I think sometimes this goes kind of lost. Sometimes when we get thinking about multi-site, we get up and running, we've been doing it for a while, we forget some of the core reasons why we did it. 
in most churches that are using video as, you know, kind of the primary teaching delivery mechanism on the weekend, what we're choosing to do is we're saying, hey, we're going to, as a church, invest our time, effort, and energy in teaching. We're going to kind of charge a small group of people to do that, typically maybe the lead pastor and a few other people. And we're saying, hey, can you please disproportionately invest your time, effort, and energy into teaching while then the rest of us are going to free up extra time in our schedule to do other things. So instead of sitting and thinking, man, instead of on a Sunday sitting and watching the teaching saying, I could do that better, or what if they let me do that? Or, hey, could I go out of my way and prepare a message for next week? Instead of doing that, be thankful that you don't have to do that and then invest that time uh, into uh, one-on-ones every week, literally getting face-to-face with people in your church. My strong recommendation for campus pastors is they have some sort of target every week. Maybe it's half a dozen one-on-one meetings every single week, every week of the year. And, and so this could be first-time visitors, up-and-coming leaders, parents who are struggling. You know, There's all kinds of ways to look at this. But, but if you were to just march through your campus one-on-one, Over a year, even five a week, you'd get to 250 people in a year. That would be an amazing investment into your church. Your church would feel more connected. Your campus would feel more connected. And for you, you'd have an, you'd gain incredible influence and bandwidth because all these people will have had a connection with you, um, as a leader, a direct connection, which, which again would serve you well long term. All right. Our next point is community connecting. Yeah, so growing churches do an incredible job of motivating their people (laughs) to get out of their seats and into the streets. Now, one way that campus pastors to gain more influence in their in their church, not just their you know kind of their uh, or not just in their community, but not just in their church community, but in the broader community, is to see themselves as that that connection point to the broader community that they they see themselves as the bridge. They become the expert in the community that they're currently serving in. So my my strong encouragement to you as a campus pastor is it is a part of your job to have connections with civic organizations, nonprofits, small business, political leaders, other people in your town. And then what can what will happen over time is when your church says, hey, you know, we want to do some sort of outreach. We want to go out of our way to serve people in our community. Uh, you'll already have those connections. You'll already have uh, the people in your community that have a relationship with them. In fact, kind of connecting with the last one we talked about, the meet one-on-one, maybe you set a target of every week I'm going to meet with not people, just let's say I'm meeting with five people. Not Maybe it's not Uh, five internal people, maybe it's four people in the church, and then one person externally. Imagine if you met with 50 leaders a year in your community. And this could be, you know, business leaders, this could be somebody, you know, the local mayor, this could be, you know, some people on the school board, that sort of thing. And and just ask the question, hey, what can we do as a church to better serve our community? Over time, uh, you would gain incredible influence. Again, not just internally, but externally as you develop, uh, you know, more relationships, more uh, opportunities to, uh, you know, develop influence uh, in lots of other places in your community. Let's talk about teaching in other venues. Yeah. So there are lots of places that teaching happen within within your church. You might be listening in today and say, listen, I am a gifted communicator and I feel like a part of what I've got to do is exercise that gift. And if you find yourself in that, uh, my primary thing would first be to say, hey, maybe there's other places you could offer to church. Have you offered to speak uh, in an upcoming youth retreat at your church? Maybe you could take on that challenge. There's nothing more challenging than talking to middle school students, uh, you know, <laughs> particularly after they've been up late and playing risk or whatever the young people are doing these days. Uh, what about spending a few weekends teaching in your kids' ministry? What about speaking at the local Christian business owner's prayer breakfast that happens once a month? 
in your town? Or what about, you know, the annual prayer breakfast in your town? There are lots of other t- opportunities for you to teach. Are you looking for those opportunities? Or are you just so focused on kind of this one thing, which is the Sunday morning uh, in your church? I-, I would look for other avenues, other venues that you could um, use and hone your spiritual gift uh, over time. If you believe that's what you've got, these opportunities can be beautiful for you, for you as you develop your teaching gift, but they're also great for your church as you extend your platform, as you extend your influ- influence beyond just, you know, kind of one location. All right. And let's, our final point, let's talk about cross-campus responsibilities. As your campus really stretches past the launch phase. So I know there's some campus pastors that are listening in today and say, hey, you know, we're a year, two years out, three years out. And frankly, I feel challenged um, or I don't feel challenged enough. I feel like, hey, there's just, I've I've got more time in my schedule. I've got more energy. What should I be doing? Um, I would reach out to whoever your supervisor is and say, hey, is there an opportunity for me to have some cross-campus leadership? Is there a way that I could engage with kind of multiple items across multiple locations. So maybe you've got a passion for short-term missions. What if you said, I will run our short-term missions for all of our campuses, not just for our location. Or or maybe you could deep dive into the the process that ensures that you're connecting connecting, uh, first-time guests. So, you know, what if you went out of your way to say, hey, I want to help us across all our locations, kind of gather best practices, and then roll that out among multiple locations. Leveraging your leadership across multiple campuses will give you influence not only in your own location because you'll be seen as a leader that has influence across the the church but but across the entire church it'll help you still steer the church to a new location you have something valuable as a campus pastor to give which is this kind of local uh, insight on what it's like to lead in you know this location in this way you'll find the joy of being able to invest back in the into not just uh, your location but the entire church so cross campus responsibilities All right, Rich, before we sign off today, you have some exciting news for us. Yeah, so we've got a free training that we want to help you with, particularly with announcements. We talked about this at the you know at the front end. It's it's a it's a free uh, ebook. It's sixty four pages long, legit. It's a it's a real deal. It's called Effective Announcements: Leveraging Five Minutes in Every Service, uh, Every Church Service to Move People to Action. And this uh, this resource you know handles questions like uh, why would I dedicate five minutes to announcements? It gives kind of common pain points. It it asks you know why are people not listening to your announcements? Which we talked about one of those things today. Element of effective church. <laughs> announcements. It really is a free tool for you. You literally don't have to pay anything. You just go to the blog post that's associated with this. If you scroll down to the uh, on your you know phone, you'll see at the bottom of the show notes, uh, you just click there, enter your email address, and we will get that to you for free. And a little bit of a bonus, uh, we actually give you not only the, the written version, but also the audio version by entering your email address. So check that out. It's a free resource to help you get better at doing announcements, which is pretty common for all campus pastors to want to do that part well. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. You can see the full article on our other podcast at unseminary.com. dot